like to go to the Lord in prayer. Uh, Ronnie, would you lead us in prayer? Yeah. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this beautiful day. Thank you for your love, mercy, and grace, your Holy Spirit, your Holy Word, the peace within all you can give, Father. Lord, we ask you to be with us this morning as we learn your Holy Word. Be with peace as he teaches. Let the Holy Spirit guide him. Let our Holy Spirit guide us, Lord. And just let us lift you up each and every day. And Father, we love you. And Lord, just watch over us all. I ask this in your holy and precious name, Lord Jesus. Amen. 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 Today we're going to talk about connecting to Christ's body. We're in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Verses 12-24. The point of today's lesson, spiritual growth calls for regular interaction with and ministry to other believers. The life connection here today is the world gravitates to people who are talented or highly skilled with unique abilities. The more talented a person, the more popular that person is. But a multi-talented person does not necessarily make the world a better place. God has a different focus. His desire is for us to serve and support others, and He equips us for that very purpose. 1 Corinthians 12 shows us that God gives each of us gifts for ministry. The setting for this lesson, Paul had a tumultuous relationship with the Corinthian church. He first visited Corinth during his second missionary journey and spent a year and a half ministering in the city. During his third missionary journey, while at Ephesus, Paul received word of disunity within the church at Corinth. Among the issues behind this division were the presence of factions, abuses of the Lord's Supper, and controversy concerning spiritual gifts. Regarding spiritual gifts, the believers of Corinth were elevating some gifts and treating others with disdain. Paul wrote 1 Corinthians to address these issues. This church has a lot of disunity going on. And Paul attempts to uh, get them on the right track. <coughs> let's go ahead and read some verses here. But let's ask ourselves a question first. When has being a part of a group really helped you succeed? Maybe something that you were trying to do or accomplish and there were people helping you or maybe part of the same goal that was being trying to be achieved. What was uh, what helped you succeed? It was everybody's contribution, I think would be the answer to that. That uh, helped or someone might be tired or maybe lack experience or understanding in something someone else can contribute in that way and help uh, the group to realize their goals. 
If someone would like to read. First Corinthians 12, 12 to 13. For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. <clears throat> For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bound or free, and have been all made to drink into one Spirit. The way this is written, this first verse, or these first couple of verses, it's uh, some type of parallelism where a verse is written to emphasize a point, and the other, the second way it's written emphasizes the first uh, version that you read. It's called a chiasm, and it's a has to do with parallelism. We're essentially saying the same thing, but it's uh, just worded a little different. But it, it's written this way to drive home the point uh, of the intention of the verse, if that makes any sense. It's another way of saying something to emphasize the point you're trying to make initially. It's called chiasm. I had never heard of anything like that. God has designed the church as one united body. And we all have a, a variety of spiritual gifts. These gifts are given of the Holy Spirit as God intends. Some are gifted in some ways. Some are blessed and gifted in other ways. No gift is of any less significance than the other. Paul uses the analogy of the human body. A body, a human body is made up of many parts, just as the church body is made up of many parts. No one part of our human body is of any less importance than the other. Some have uh, more important roles to play, such as the eyes. Uh, your feet, uh, your brain. But think of all the systems in the human body. If one of those is out of sync, the whole body hurts for them. We can see someone that has a physical illness or a, a problem physically, it affects your whole body. If you don't believe that, walk around the edge of the bed and stub your toe on the, the leg on the bed, and you'll see what I mean. <clears throat> For as the body, comparing the church to the human body, he was seeking to help the Corinthians to understand the unity that should have existed in their congregation. We are, to, unity is not the same as uniformity. We are not all the same. And just as in the human body, not every part of the human body is the eye. Not every part is the hand. But they are diverse and diverse in their function. And so such it is in the church body. Each has a different function as given by, by the Holy Spirit. 
what causes disunity in the church? We talked about a, lot, a little bit about this last week. It's when this flesh gets in the way. We are all baptized into one spirit. Amen, brother. For what, by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. That's initially when every believer uh, believes in Christ and is baptized by the Holy Spirit. Water baptism is uh, symbolic of that. We are baptized into one body, whether we be Jew, Gentile, which is another reference uh, for, or yeah, Gentiles. Whether we be bond or free and have been all made to drink into one spirit. What is that talking about? Baptized into one spirit is the initial work of the Holy Spirit in the believer's life. To drink of one spirit is the ongoing filling of the Holy Spirit in a believer's life when we are yielded to the Spirit. We can quench the Holy Spirit. I read one time that D.L. Moody was asked about the filling of the Holy Spirit. And he said that he needed it every day. And was asked why. And he said, because I leak. We, we need a continuous work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Amen. He has indwelt us when we first believed and had faith in Christ. But it is the ongoing work of the Holy Spirit in a believer's life. <clears throat> Where it talks about here in this verse 12, being many are one body, so also is Christ. What that means there is another word for the body of Christ. It's just abbreviated for the sake of writing. <clears throat> Paul's emphasis in this passage is clear and he didn't want us to miss it. The human body is a unified body, even though it has many parts. He repeated the thought in slightly different words and structure arranging his argument to make it pop off the page for his audience. The church, like the human body, has many parts or members. The individual members are unique in their personalities, backgrounds, and spiritual giftedness, but they are all one body. The diversity does not work against unity. In fact, the diversity is functionally necessary for the body of Christ to work. There has to be diversity. But we do have the unifying of the Holy Spirit because that's one thing that believers all have in common. Whether you're rich or poor, black or white, tall or short, fat or skinny, we all do have that in, in common. And the power of the Holy Spirit is such when we're yielded to the Spirit that unity can be among believers or you would think it's not possible. Yeah. You know how the world is. People are against each other all the time. 
they don't agree on this or that. They have different attitudes. There's no real love in their heart. There's a selfish attitude. It's got to be my way, and uh, everyone needs to see that. But there's something about when the Holy Spirit works in your heart, He softens your heart to things. And He Go ahead, Robert. My brother-in-law, Kayo, I asked him to one of our church picnics one time, and he said, man, he said, nobody's arguing in here or fussing and fighting. <laughs> I told him, it's God, boy. And he accepted Jesus Christ. So, you know, it's the Holy Spirit in us keeps us together. I mean, I might not agree with everything my brother says. I just keep my mouth shut and go my way. But anything about God's Word, we should connect. I believe that. There's a genuine love for each other. Thank you. It's not uh, an act that you put on. No. And that, that's how the Holy Spirit softens your heart and changes you. Thank you. It's amazing. Because you know we can't do it. There it is. Through 18. Through 18. For the Bible. 
gift each one of us we should realize that each one of us is important and you shouldn't favor one over the other you understand what I mean I prefer my brother or sister before I prefer myself and uh, that's the way we're to look at things we're all equipped if you read God's Word and get it in you you're equipped to do his work just as all the parts of the human body work together for the benefit of the body, so do all the parts of the church body Amen. work together in unison as Amen. well. Amen. Think about if uh, you didn't have to hear it, or uh, any number of things that could happen to you physically. autoimmune system uh, that where your body attacks certain systems in the body to uh, the body fighting against itself. We, we can't have that kind of stuff. There can't be unity of the body of Christ at odds with in conflict with the other members of the body. Now, it might be healthy to go there for a little bit and to iron out some things, but we can't stay there. We, we've got to move on. 
when I read this lesson and Brother Mark mentioned when I saw him here a minute ago, how timely this lesson is mm -hmm. this morning for, for all of us. I wish that the other class were in here as well. We have been covered by the Holy Spirit, but Paul didn't stop with that word picture. It isn't just that the Spirit covers the church, but the Holy Spirit also is inside the individual members of the church. And as we said, believers are all made to drink into one spirit. God's Holy Spirit makes us one, and He fills us and empowers us to function as one. We are each filled with the Holy Spirit and are united together. And the only thing that gets in the way of that is the flesh. Got there right. Amen. What are the benefits of unity in the church? We can be about God's business and all in one spirit and one accord. God's will can be accomplished. The work of the church can be accomplished when we're in unity. That when there is disunity, that work is quenched. Because the work then is not the focus that it should be. Absolutely it does. And it snowballs too. Satan knows how to take this and run with it. He's worked on me all this week. But we, we try to get rid of that selfishness and we try to see another solution that God would uh, prompt in our hearts as to resolve some of these things. What are the consequences of disunity in the church? Break up. Takes the attention away from what you're supposed to be doing. It does. And then I... When there's disunity, we're, we're just like the world. You got people leaving. <laughs> we're not uh, allowing the Holy Spirit to direct us and continue His work of change. Amen. Bill, you're awful quiet back here. Have you got some? Please uh, get in here with me. God has designed the church as one united body. God has given believers roles and responsibilities within that body. Amen. God set the members, every one of them, in the body as it hath pleased Him. Who knows best? Us or God? If, let's use this as a, an example. Let's say somebody got saved last week and they came in this morning. Why can't I preach today? I'm saved, I'm part of the church now. Why can't I preach today? We have to get self 
out of the way. And I believe a lot of this giftedness is things that we may have done when we were in the world. Things that, experiences that we had, training that we had, interaction with people, how to work with people, uh, a work ethic. Now, instead of doing it for the world, we now do it for the Lord. So I, I think some of our giftedness comes from our past experience in this life. Organizational skills, uh, leadership skills. What did you do before you started going to church? What did God have you doing and showing you uh, earlier in your life? And now you can use that and do that for His glory. I think it's how the body uh, fits together sometimes. To take issue with who has or does not have certain spiritual gifts within the body of Christ is to question the wisdom and the purpose of God. So we, we should be questioning the Lord. Let's go ahead and read some more verses here. Verses 19 through 24. And if they were all one member, where were the body? But now are they many members, yet but one body. And I cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more than those members of the body, which seem to be more feeble, are necessary. And those members of the body, which we think to be less honorable, upon these, upon these we bestow more abundant honor in our uncommonly parts more abundant commonness. For commonly parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part. What's Paul saying there? God has made each and every Christian a necessary part of the body. If they were all one part, where would the body be? If everyone had the same gift built.
what would it be if uh, one week, well, I'm tired of doing that, I'm not going over there. What if everybody said that? Yesterday, when we dropped off sandwiches for them sack lunches at the Hampton Inn, I think it was, <coughs> there were people waiting on them. They get one meal a day, one hot meal a day, and we're just providing one day a week where they get to eat twice. They get to eat once a day. Pardon me, I'm just, it just touches my heart to see the, you think that it's insignificant what we're doing, but God is using that to touch people's lives. They have no idea who made them sandwiches. God's honor, God's glorified by, by that. And all the food to prepare that, somebody didn't drop that off. Somebody has to go shopping and go in and get it. But you don't hear it. They're not seeking any uh, accolades for that. They're working quietly and in unison with everyone else that's making this a reality. It was an idea that Sister Vicki had and uh, all the people that's come on board shows the unity that's possible when we uh, put the Lord's work first. Uh, Bill? You know, I'm sitting here kind of Kind of made me feel a little guilty because I'm sitting there thinking, I don't even know what goes on behind the scenes. You know, who cleaned this church? I didn't even know, I thought we were hiring a driveway to I didn't think anything about it. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of odd. And I know there's probably a paper here that tells us who knows what, but I, you know, I just like, Lord, that it, it's done. You know, that. That's a ministry in itself to come in here. This is a big church. To come in here and spend hours on you. You know, that's, that's beyond my imagination. It's been a big transition to go from the building in Hubert uh, to this, something of this size. And it does, it takes everybody helping everyone until we get this worked out as to who's going to have what responsibilities, how these uh, different things are going to be taken care of in the church. Uh, mowing the grass, removing the stud. Larry's in charge of uh, the grounds and, and maintenance of, of stuff like that now. So all these things had to be kind of diversified to different people to take care of those, those responsibilities. Yeah. Them being so much more now than they were over at Hubert. The goal is to help all people see the value in all the parts of the body uh, working together.
and it, it's a beautiful thing to be a part of that. I've, I've got to go on one mission trip to Kentucky, and I, I, was, I would go back again. That, that was uh, what a blessing it was to go and do something for someone else and not expecting anything in return. The people were so great. The church, like the human body, is made up of many members that function in different roles and have unique responsibilities. But no one member can function effectively without the rest of the body. Even those serving in prominent or visible roles, like pastors and church leaders, cannot be effective apart from the ministry of the whole church. An effective church has everyone working together for the cause and no one thinking that their ministry is any more important than the other. It's humility in, in service. Just like taking out the tracks. That, that's not uh, anything that people are going to jump up and down. But me, I did that for 35 years as a career. So, call me crazy. I love to take the Christ. <laughs> I mean, I, I do. I, that's something that I know how to do. And it, it's something that maybe someone else doesn't want to fool with. And it's really important. I'll do it. It's automatic, Pete. But that, that's how God made me a, a grateful serve, grateful to be a part of, of the, the work of the Lord. Give me a broom. If, if that's what it's needed, then that's what we should be about. Not self-seeking glory for me, but that God be honored and glorified. Uh, I learned early after being saved that whatever you were going to be or whatever you were going to do, be the best that you can be at. Amen. And I, I took that attitude to my workplace because the first 10 years I was there, 15 years, I wasn't going quietly. I had an attitude about everything. And after the Lord started changing my heart, I was... I was thankful for being there. And I've seen opportunities to witness and uh, share Christ with those guys. But then I, I would try to show it in my work, too, that uh, I was different. I wasn't mad all the time. If it was weird, I had an ice storm, I didn't stay home. I would go ahead and go to work. And just little things that I, I wanted them to realize that there was a difference in me, that I wasn't the same person. Amen. What are some responsibilities all church members share, regardless of individual gifts and roles? I think one responsibility that we have as the body of Christ is to live out 
your profession of faith. If you profess to be a Christian and you are a member of this church, don't be living in a way or doing things that are going to bring shame to the body of Christ. If someone sees you out somewhere, be blameless. Someone told me a long time ago, I used to go through the drive-thru every day before I got saved for fear. And someone told me, you need to quit going through that drive-thru because if someone sees you going through there, somebody in the church, they're going to say, he's, he's going through there to get, get some beer. Get a 12 time. And I took it this way. I can go through there and get me a bag of tape chips. Okay. And I can witness to the guy that sold me exactly. before, hey, how come you're not getting that today? Amen. Let me tell you about Jesus. Yeah. I don't do that anymore. And that's good. Uh, the Bible says to abstain from all appearance of evil. Yes. May not be doing anything that Is it 
alcohol. If, if somebody knew me, yeah, and, and I actually did quit going through there because I didn't have any reason to go through there. But I was told initially you need to quit going through that drive-through because if somebody sees you, and me being the rebellious as I am, hey, wait a minute, I'll go through that drive-through if I want to. That don't mean I got to buy beer. That's right. They sell pretzel. They that was the old people. So, you know, I, I wasn't trying to enter into conflict the with them, but I didn't want them dictate to me the exactly. change that God was doing in my heart. Oh, judging you. They shouldn't judge you. Right. you got Go ahead, Bill. Right. Right. Uh, and that verse is true. What said. It is. There's a perspective. But there's a difference in going through a drive-through that sells potato chips, water, copper. Now, if you go into a bar, you know, don't tell me you're going in there for a pop. I mean, you might be, but that's really, I think, putting things into perspective. There's a difference between letting the first three spoke people. If I'm going to go, for example, to a fortune teller, everybody knows she lives there. I mean, they got signed. Yeah. You know, there's a difference in. in, in yeah, I that. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Ronnie, and I see you there. You know, I don't, uh, I don't go on what people tell me this and that and the other. I go on what the Holy Spirit tells me. The Spirit's going to tell you directly in your heart and in your mind. You're wrong. If you're going in there for beer or something, you know. And it's not right for that person to judge you, but I don't go on what people say, you know, because what they think doesn't matter. It's what does say the Word of God, and that's, that's the main important thing we should look at. Are we dishonoring God? That's how God changes you, Ronnie. Right. Uh, you're not going through there for that reason. No. And just like what you said, sis, if something is going to tempt you or you're going someplace or yeah. being around people exactly. that are going to be a problem in that way, then you're best to just move on. Yep. And I don't understand that. I mean, we're so far removed from that life, you know, oh, yes. to, you know, being closer to that, I can see that, you know, if someone would have, might have seen
trouble keeping myself. taken in context too though um, like Dee going through a drive through to get tea is, she knows she shows no other signs in her life that she right. drinks alcohol or does mm-hmm. anything so if I saw her going through a drive through I'm not going to assume she's going in there to get alcohol right um, Pete when you were first saved you were a recovering alcoholic yeah. so if someone sees you doing it a month after you're saved you know they might think that it's yeah. it's, con- it's that context that was the point that was intended Kyle right uh, when, when that person told you that, right? Like you need to avoid going through there because, and I may at that time have been tempted again to relapse, but God kept me away from it. We're out of time. Go ahead, Ron. Well, I'll tell you what. I remember the time you came to me after you got saved. You said, "Ronnie, I know I'm saved. And I know I'm saved," and you said. Yes, you said, but I still drink. And all I said to you was, did God save you because he loved you or because you quit drinking? I said, Pete, when you, God wants you to quit drinking, he'll take it away from you. And he did. Wasn't that much longer after we talked that he took it away? You, you, you quit, period. Was, that was the word of God in my life. Oh, Amen. Absolutely it was. But he needed me to go through some things. Before he removed that, he said they were perfect. I went to a program and date, and uh, was to show me where I was. I know she got the purple. I have something. Once you take the step, and it's just like the Israelites are crossing the Red Sea. Yes, my person faith. Once they took that step of faith. God opened up part of the sea for them to go through. Once I took the step to get help with that condition, God removed it. Amen. I didn't want Yes, for His glory. I didn't want it That was a miracle. That was a miracle of God. And I I praise Him this day for that. I know. Where do you think? Thank you so much.
Thank you, Pete. We've got one more lesson, and then we'll get a new book. Amen. I can't wait. How you doing, brother? How's your knee doing? How's your knee doing? This weather bother you a lot? 